today on the wrestling podcast about nothing it's wrestling uh, it's g1 supercard season brian so we're gonna be looking at our favorite wrestlemania mo- oh, moments of all time right what do you mean? It is G1 Supercard season, Mike. Madison Square Garden sold out. All the fans are going to be there. You're going to be there. It's going to be the biggest show in the history of Madison Square Garden. Okay, so says you, but uh, we're going to talk about WrestleMania moments. Okay. <laughs> and also, we're going to talk to the person who purchased the Curtain Jerker WPAN t-shirt. You can get your own at brianmalonis.com, plus your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 152, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently and temporarily on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars. Now he is a contracted Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition. He is the King of Brawlers, Brian Malonis. Now I'm the King of Brawlers. Yeah, I'm trying to mix the kingpin and the brawler uh, up. Uh, no? You try this crap every week and it doesn't work. It stinks. It falls flat. Sounds like you came up with it on the car ride here. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> I mean, look at you, Look at you, by the way. I'm sitting here and your right arm is facing me. Here you are. You're coming into my home. Yes. I welcome you into my home, my kitchen. Thank you. Right now that we're sitting in. And you can't even put on a clean shirt. Well, I mean, the baby had a little dirty hands and got my shirt a little oh, dirty okay we'll have some self-respect and put on a new shirt before you go out in public I'm just going to the malona's house exactly I'm, I'm i'm a freaking celebrity mike i'm world renowned <laughs> all right well next want me to take the shirt off ah uh, please no <laughs> it's not not in my home what are you uh, george costanza when he's going to the bathroom <laughs> that's weird wild stuff speaking of weird wild stuff brian whole bunch of wild stuff is going to be going on at Astromania. I want to make sure we get the plug in right at the top of the show. It's coming up in just a couple weeks. We're going to get people to Pinkerton Academy, Derry, New Hampshire, March 30th, Saturday night for Astromania. Yeah, I mean, it's coming together. The full card is out there. We had that bombshell drop of of Ring of Honor superstar, the self-proclaimed real Ring of Honor world champion, Matt Taven. By the time, Mike, by the time this episode drops... He really could be the Ring of Honor world champion. Think about that. We could have the Ring of Honor world champion at Astromania. That'd be a big coup. Y- you think? Yeah. You I th- mean, even <laughs> without the world championship, it's a big coup. Yeah. Matt Taven, one of the biggest stars in the in the world. Ring of Honor star. He's been to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Hey, he's also a Pinkerton uh, Academy alumni and a good friend. So uh, big thanks to Matt for coming out and, uh, and doing that. 
maybe I'll try to grab a few words with Matt. Uh, well, I would have already done so this past weekend in Las Vegas because yes. I'll be in Las Vegas with him. But uh, yeah, very excited to have Matt coming for a special autograph appearance. I'll kind of give you the whole rundown of tickets here. Tickets to the event itself start just $15. $15 going to get you a bleacher seat, general admission. 20 bucks will get you on the floor, general admission. Uh, and then the Matt Taven autograph session is a separate purchase, and you do have to have a ticket to the event to attend it. Uh, but for just $20, you get a meet and greet. You get to a signed 8x10 and a photo opportunity with Matt. And then, hey, if you do have the other kingdom items that you want to bring and get signed, just $10 each to get other kingdom items signed as well. So very excited to have Matt Taven coming. Very excited to have the best partner I've ever had in anything I've ever done in my entire life coming to Astromania as well. The Beer City oh, Bruiser. Wait. <laughs> I thought maybe he was you talking about, okay, Bruiser, okay. <laughs> the Beer City Bruiser is, is coming in. The bouncers are going to be there taking on the Logan brothers. Uh, and, a, and a crazy twist of events, Mike. Well, this might be bad news for you because you're the official graphic maker of uh, Astromania. We might need a new graphic. Well, not we might need a new graphic. We need a new graphic. For what? There's a new Liberty States Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. There is? Todd Sopel. What? When? That's right. Todd Sopel's walking into his old high school as a Liberty States Wrestling Champion. He won it this Saturday. Really? Yeah. Crazy, huh? So how come you don't know about what happened on Friday, <laughs> but you know what happened Saturday? Well, I'm not giving away spoilers. Oh, I Wait, see. Wait, no. That's, that was pay-per-view. Yes. <laughs> Just shut your stupid <laughs> fat mouth. <laughs> but the Liberty States Wrestling Heavyweight Championship will be on the line as the unequaled one, Todd Sopel, makes his first title defense against former champion Vern Vicalo, Scotty Slade versus Johnny Vegas, Chase Del Monte versus Nico Silva, Robo versus Cam and his new weird character, <laughs> <laughs> Davey Ann versus Belmont. So... It's going to be a great night. I'm really excited. AstromaniaLSW.com. You can pre-purchase tickets, and you can pre-purchase the Matt Taven autograph session as well. Get over there. Tickets are really starting to pick up now. So if you do want floor seats, I would suggest uh, buying them in advance uh, because I'm not sure that we will have any floor seats by the time doors open. And you get in early when you buy the floor seats online. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you buy if you buy your tickets online ahead of time, you're going to get in the door half hour early. That means you get to go. If you also bought the Matt Taven autograph, you get to go. You know, meet Matt and get that special meet and greet done before general admission fans can. Uh, you'll also get access to all the other stars of Astromania who will be out and about. You know, selling merchandise and meeting fans and all that good stuff. So uh, get your early access, get you a better seat. Uh, so yeah, pre-purchase, especially if you want floor seating. I cannot stress that enough. If you want floor seating, astromaniaLSW.com. Go buy it right now. So go there, get your tickets for Astromania, and if you want to buy merchandise ahead of time so you can show up at Pinkerton Academy in your official Brian Malonis t-shirt, you go to brianmalonis.com. Right. I mean, there's still time. If you, if you go purchase right now, if you put us on pause, take your, your little fat fingers. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Mike. Oh. <laughs> but go, go to BrianMalonis.com. You can do so right on your mobile device. Uh, you can get a T-shirt, and you'll have it in time. You can also, Mike, go to the ROH Pro Shop, and if you're so inclined, get yourself a Bouncer's T-shirt to wear to Astromania. That'll really make it stand out in the crowd. How about that, huh? Fantastic. Nothing like <laughs> nothing like beer-themed T-shirts at a high school. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what you're drinking yet? Where? <laughs> Astromania? Yes. Ice cold Barks. <laughs> <laughs> no A&W? Uh, you know, Barks has bite. I see. Uh, so 
brianlotus.com and how about the wpan.com that is the wpan.com that is our hub we got so many freaking nudes up there now your head will spin oh jesus christ (laughs) so go to the wpan.com you can find the links to listen to the wrestling podcast about nothing find the ways to subscribe to the wrestling podcast about nothing all the various podcast platforms including spotify iHeartRadio. And Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be great. Also, our social media links. We're basically at the WPAN on all social media platforms. Find the ways to find us on social media there on the WPAN.com. And bios and nudes if you're so inclined. (laughs) There's no nudes. I can't. I'm a public figure, Mike. The WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. Brian, the season is upon us. I'm not going to specify which season. G1 Supercard season, Mike. It is. That's <laughs> coming up April 6th. Okay. I, I mean, it's WrestleMania season, okay? I mean... You grew up on it, right? Yeah. You I, really can't ignore it at this point. I don't think, I don't think you can. I don't, I don't think I would be expected to ignore it. it. It's the, you know, the show of shows or whatever, you know, whatever stupid tagline they market as or whatever, but it's a big spectacle. It's it's an amazing event every year. Uh, it's something that, you know, we, we have grown up on. We have not known pro wrestling essentially without WrestleMania, so... You know, hell yeah, we're going to talk about it because for both of us, it brings up a lot of good, warm, nostalgic feelings, that warm feeling in our bellies, I guess. So what's the first time you remember hearing about a WrestleMania moment? Like, when did that become a phrase? When did that become a thing? I, I feel like, oh, you know, I kind of feel like Mick Foley maybe, maybe around... um like WrestleMania 2000 time, and, and I don't even know if that's correct, but I feel like that's when it was started to be a thing of like guys striving to have their WrestleMania moment that, you know, because remember he had retired, but they brought him back out of retirement to right, right, right. be in the championship match. But that's the first like almost like acknowledgement or, you know, I don't even know if they called it a WrestleMania moment then, but that's that's when I first remember being, you know, being acknowledged in that situation. That might sound about right. If anyone else has something else in mind, let us know at the WPAN on Twitter. But yeah, that sounds plausible. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. And WWE is no different than anything. Movies, sports, Major League Baseball does it with, you know, with the way they manufactured the extra wild card team now. And it's like something special organically happens. And then now in 2019, companies rush in. And really for the last you know 15 years, 20 years, companies rush out to bastardize it and yeah. and almost like strip it of what made it just so organically magical to begin with. So you're saying the more recent memories that you have for WrestleMania, it seems like it's more manufactured rather than organic? Or are there those moments still to this day where something happens that isn't manufactured that makes you feel something? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's fifty fifty. I think there's there are concerted efforts to, quote unquote, give somebody wrestle a WrestleMania moment. Yeah. Uh, but I do still think there are organic things that that do happen. The thing that sticks out in my mind, and 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 Mike, you're gonna, you're going to be very mad at me. I don't know the number off the top of my head. Oh boy, it's a recent one. It's a recent one. But I I remember sitting in Brian Fury's living room and watching it with Donovan Dijak and him getting very upset over it. But. Uh, <laughs> who by the way uh dominic dijakovic is that how you say it <laughs> or dijakovic <laughs> yeah um it was when Zack Ryder surprisingly won the ladder match for 
the Intercontinental Championship and just like 100,000 people in the Texas Stadium doing the woo-woo thing with and he's on top of the ladder. I thought that was something that very organic, very natural. It was unexpected and and for a guy, I mean, Sakurai's been there forever. He's never been a main event guy. That's a moment that sticks in, in my head, at least. So, I, I, get, I mean, maybe I identify, not, not that I've been with WWE, but I identify with it as a guy who has struggled for a long time to have a special moment, and he finally got it. And it gave, it gave you, like, the feels a little bit, you know, like, good for this freaking guy, you know, this is great. So do you think that that's part of what they do in recent times? They give these people that you don't really expect – these special moments, like there could be one possibly this year at WrestleMania with uh, someone that we know quite well. Yeah, God, I hope so. Um, I, I mean, just in general. I mean, the, the you want to talk about situations that are organic. What's happened with? I mean, we'll just talk about him, Kofi. What's yeah. happened with Kofi has just been uh, phenomenal. I, I watched. I guess, I guess this is last week. I watched SmackDown last week and uh, uh, watched his promo with Vince McMahon and and. Oh my God! I was just. Has he been ever ever been in the ring like back and forth with Vince before? No, in so eleven I'm, years. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad he finally got that opportunity. I mean, I got that opportunity a decade <laughs> ago, but <laughs> no. But just to see, just to see him delivering the content the way he was delivering it, and and to see that moment, and to see him in that spotlight and just shining. Like I, I texted him afterwards. I told I had goosebumps like from my fingertips like up to my shoulders. Like it was just. For him, I know he's waited a long time. You know, all of us who are friends with him have waited a long time to see it. And wow, was that so cool to see him? But yeah, I think it's something that that if we're all what we're all hoping happens happens. Man, I think that would be amazing because it's just so. I mean, he did like a run in last night, and the crowd just erupted. And and I start to think about, and I think about like the Becky Lynch stuff and how over she is, or some of that, and that feels a little, you know. Some of that now starting to feel a little manufactured, mm-hmm. um, or, or some of the other people that have been pushed, and then when you see like the, the Kofi thing happen so organically and the crowd just erupting and reacting to him, the way they the way they are, like it's just oh my god, and, and just ride the wave, please. Hopefully they just ride the wave all the way because I think they can take it even higher at this point. You know, it's gonna be a shame when he loses that gauntlet match next week. <laughs> Could you imagine just Randy Orton calls him stupid and. <laughs> RKO's him three seconds into the first match. <laughs> Who gets the match then? Yeah, Randy Orton. <laughs> <laughs> so WrestleMania moments. That could be one upcoming. But let's look back at WrestleMania moments. Has been uh, This is 35 coming up. I think we've deduced. Yeah. yeah, crazy. There have been a number of them that come to mind. And we'll just run off a bunch of them here. And we're going to lead up to our absolute favorite. WrestleMania moment. Yeah, I mean, for me, Mike, and I don't know how you're going to operate your list. I'll probably work a little more current first, and then because all the all the stuff that's going to make me feel warm and fuzzy, especially, is going to be from my childhood, from from when I fell in love with pro wrestling. So, do you want me to start? You want me to kick it off, Mike? Go for it. Hopefully, I'm not stealing one from you right right off the bat here. But it's a fairly recent one. I guess it's 11 WrestleManias ago now. Uh, But I think back to WrestleMania 24, Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair was supposed to be Ric Flair's last match. Yeah. But that moment at the end, the... um, Brian? What? I'm sorry. I love you. (laughs) You don't love me. (laughs) (laughs) Right right back at you, Slick. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I think that, yeah, that, that moment... 
you know, because that match was incredible. That, I mean, that was really probably the last great match of Ric Flair's career. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really was. It wasn't. It was incredible. It was an unbelievable moment, uh, and that's when you think of like the, the, That's an organic, I think, moment that that just sort of happened. I don't know if they pre-planned that. I mean, I'm sure they pre-planned this. You know, obviously, pre-planned the finish, but I don't know if like the "I'm sorry, I love you" was pre-planned or not. But it was. It was magical. It's something you remember, and it's something I think we. You know, I, I mean, how many times you heard people reference it? You know, in, in, over the last eleven years. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was planned because they made sure to get the the close up of his face to get him saying, "I'm not, I'm not taking Rick away Flair, from." Rick Flair was crying too. I mean, it's it's a very <laughs> probably for the first time. <laughs> yes, and I've then never he seen... hasn't stopped since. <laughs> but yeah, that moment where he first he gets in the one super kick, and that's you know not bad enough. But then Flair starts to come up slowly, and he's the old horse, you know, ready to be sent out to pasture and he's got the fists up and come at me come at me and then he gives him the second super kick which unfortunately doesn't look as good as the first super kick but <laughs> i think they actually in the uh, videos they use the first super kick <laughs> to replace the second super kick but of course he he pins him by kind of almost hugging him one two three and yeah that was a a moment very well probably more than a few times. Were you blubbering during that? I could picture you blubbering during that. I feel like I watched that with you for some reason. It was at Adult's house. Yeah. I think Adult was because he's like the biggest Ric Flair yeah. guy. I feel like you were too. You're a softie. You cry over everything. I don't think I did in that. There are other things <laughs> that I will admit later on that I did get. It's so amazing how pro wrestling can bring emotion out of you. Yeah. At its very best, pro wrestling can elicit so many things, you know. Even a hardened... Uh, wrestling veteran like myself who's uh <laughs> seen and done everything brian in the wrestling business well you're kind of a crybaby so <laughs> <laughs> even me i can uh get caught up in it every once and again you remember that time at wrestlemania where you dropped your hot dog and you were like my frankfurter <laughs> i dropped my frankfurter <laughs> all right it's like you came over yeah. all right it's okay <laughs> i really appreciate it when you did that uh <laughs> So, uh, all right. So, you're talking about Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 24, was it? Yeah. The heart. Right, kid. I'll talk about one that I thought was an absolutely fantastic moment that turned out really to not have any teeth after a while because it didn't really end up standing. But when it was Undertaker versus Triple H with Shawn Michaels as the referee, it was WrestleMania 28. (laughs) Oh, boy. The match is over. And the three of them, arm in arm, leaving the arena, you thought... It's the end of an era, Mike. It was the end of an era. <laughs> you thought that was it. It was, a to me, a, a perfect way to go out. The three of them, arm in arm, just see you later. <laughs> Off into the sunset, as Stone Cold would say. Yeah. It didn't end up really being anything, but... No, matter of fact, they all wrestled again. Yes. <laughs> Very recently. <laughs> but at the moment, I, I thought, wow, that that is a, f- a fantastic... That's a WrestleMania moment. That's what a WrestleMania moment is all about. But like I said, as it turned out, eh, it's just a day. <laughs> just three guys walking to the back. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll, bring up a, I'll bring up a recent one, and it, and it also involves three legends. Has a has a funny moment in, involved in it, but all right. WrestleMania 30... Uh, I believe it was the segment that kicked off the show. Hulk Hogan, the 
host of WrestleMania, I believe, that year. And you got an in-ring segment with Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and The Rock. The Silver Dome, brother. <laughs> yes. But how, I mean, how cool is that? So if you're, if you're fellas of our age, you know, of our age group, I mean, you literally watch like the evolution of you watching pro wrestling right in front of you. And that, again, you talk about like, we talk about WrestleMania moments and what it's about and what it's, it's the feelings it's supposed to elicit. And, and there it is right there. I mean, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock sharing a ring. They can't wrestle anymore, but to see those three guys in a ring together, having a fun segment, having a good time, it was tremendous. It was everything it, it should have been. You know, it's it's just given that that nod to uh, nostalgia and history, and and I, I thought it was great. Really didn't do much for me. Oh boy! <laughs> Christ's sake! I mean, Hogan ruined it when he said the wrong name. I think that adds to it. <laughs> no, it was, it was a cool moment. It was very cool. And uh, you talked about the Rock. Let's talk about a moment that was a shock. We're going to talk about some shocking moments as we talk about uh, various WrestleMania moments, but this moment was a genuine shock. It was once in a lifetime, Brian. Back to WrestleMania 28 once again. We just talked about it with my last pick, but WrestleMania 28, John Cena versus The Rock. The Rock's return to the ring one time and one time only, mind you, and everyone just presumed this is the rocks moment to put cena over and just be done with it and walk away again but in new york city where they're heading back this year giant stadium the rock pinned john cena in the middle of the ring that one i mean wherever you were watching that i'm sure <laughs> we're watching jamie's house yes and wherever you out there were watching it i'm sure you were like what the fuck because everyone was against John Cena in the match. Everyone was pro The Rock. Partially the reason for that is we just presumed that Rock is in to just come in, put over the next big guy, and that's it. But The Rock won the match, and everyone just lost their shit. Yeah, I mean, again, so we talked about you know when pro wrestling's at its best, and it elicits something out of you, and sometimes that comes from having... A surprise or a swerve, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it comes from having having a surprise, you know, and and something like that. Especially, you think the Rock's out of here. He's he's out of here five minutes after this match and going back to Hollywood. And no shit, the Rock's sticking around. Like it, it's awesome. I mean, he li- later on led to a championship run. Yeah, and the next night they set up on Raw. The next WrestleMania. I think that might have been the first time ever they set up the day after. No, no wrong. WrestleMania. For, no, they set up. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're misremembering, Mike. You're in your old age. I am? Yes, it was after WrestleMania 27, where The Rock was the host, that The Rock and John Cena set up the, the main event for WrestleMania 28. Ah. Uh, Jesus. Know your Rock history when you're talking to me, please. The Rock, my second favorite pro wrestler of all time. I don't know if we've ever divulged that on this uh, podcast. I'm pretty sure we have. Have we? Okay. I'm pretty sure. What else you got there, Cake Pit? WrestleMania moments. Yeah. I, I mean, so... One I think back to, and and we'll stick with we'll stick with the Rock and Austin kind of theme we got going here so far, but it goes back a little bit. It goes back to the Attitude Era. I'm going back to WrestleMania 17, and not all WrestleMania moments are good WrestleMania moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm talking about the heel turn of and Mike. You, you wanted to talk shocking moments. Mm-hmm. How about the shocking sight of 
Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon shaking hands and working together. Stone Cold Steve Austin turning heel in his home state against The Rock and joining seemingly joining forces with Vince McMahon. Very memorable, probably for all the wrong reasons, though, because the crowd shat all over it. Yeah, I mean, it is a moment, but not a moment that you look back at fondly, per se. I mean, it, it, was, sh- it was certainly shocking. I remember watching it uh, with Friend of Faye. <laughs> and uh, and just not I was I was furious I was fucking irate at the time might I add being a big rock fan and seeing him get screwed over like that I was irate. How old were you? Uh, I don't know. I was teens. I don't know what year it was, but I was like you know, is before I got into it was wrestling. About tw- Eighteen years ago, right? Yeah, so I was like seventeen, eighteen years old, something like that. Uh, yeah, I was I was not a happy camper, Mike. I was not a happy camper. Well, speaking of WrestleMania moments that are memorable for all the wrong reasons, Brian, you talked before about me blubbering, about me being a, a sensitive type sometimes when it comes to these... A wuss. <laughs> no, you didn't say that. Oh, sorry. I was <laughs> thinking it. <laughs> I'm sure you were. But WrestleMania 20, this was a moment that was really genuine. It was really like a, a feel-good moment that is forever tainted because it was Eddie Guerrero and that other guy both that night won championships and uh, the other guy, Chris Benoit, closed out the show winning the WWE championship and he hops up on the second rope, shows the belt to the crowd, comes down and Eddie Guerrero is there in the ring and that moment, at the time, I was watching that at Todd Sinclair's house, Ring of Honor senior official, and I remember getting like a little choked up. Oh, boy. Two guys that no one ever thought would be world champions. They're undersized, but they overcame all odds. And uh, WrestleMania is that kind of place where things like that can happen and just the way they set that up where Benoit comes down, turns around, Eddie Guerrero was there. That's one I'm sure that wasn't planned or Chris Benoit wasn't aware that that was going to happen, I'm sure. The embrace in the ring, it was a great moment. And of course, then Chris Benoit turns out to be fucking psychopath. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good talk. Man. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Debbie Downer. That was my. That would have been my number one if not for what happened. But yeah. Uh, Okay, let's wash the taste out of our mouths with that. <laughs> what do you cut there? <laughs> Kingpin for a WrestleMania moment. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, so let's go to... Well, maybe I'll stick with my theme of of WrestleMania moments that that happen, but maybe they're not so great WrestleMania moments. And this one was absolutely freaking terrifying moment. And I don't care if you were the most casual observer of pro wrestling who was watching WrestleMania or you were like the most hardcore smart mark fan ever. Uh, I'm taking you back one year to WrestleMania 19 in the main event, Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Kurt Angle, what? Probably more than halfway across the across the mm-hmm. ring. Brock Lesnar, some 300 pounds on the top rope. Attempts a shooting star press, which I, I know, Mike, because in the dirt sheets, there was all these rumors all the time of Brock Lesnar can do a shooting yeah. star press. And he decides to bust it out at WrestleMania and just absolutely 
eats shit, lands right on his head, crashes and burns. Yeah, and it looks like the scariest thing you ever seen in your life. And they have to finish the the mat. Here, here's Brock Lesnar in his big WrestleMania moment, and he is just out to lunch. Doesn't even know where he is. Yeah, that was terrifying. And like you said, he could do a shooting star press. I actually, just the other day on YouTube, someone shared from an OVW event him doing a shooting star press in OVW before making it to the uh, main roster. But one moment you're going to try to pull that out. That is the moment. And it just did not go as he would have hoped. Well, no, I mean, I think he's just trying to clear too much, uh, too much distance, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, I guess. Do you think if he was closer, he would have hit it? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Because still, I mean, is, is that a bad one, Mike? Do I need to redeem myself? Is there? Well, okay, uh, yes, yes, you do. Okay, okay. All, all right. We're really, we're really in the uh, like the doldrums of WrestleMania moments. We're really gonna <laughs> pep this up. We've <laughs> talked about murderers. We talked about people landing on their heads. Terrible heel turns. Give me something. Okay, we'll go to a shot, a shocking moment. Okay, uh, I'm gonna take you to th- WrestleMania 31. We'll go, we'll go again. I, I said we're gonna start recent, so we'll stay with the recent ones for now. The main event, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is getting his ass kicked by Brock Lesnar the whole time. And then I don't remember the spot where both men are down, but both men are down. And all of a sudden, here comes Seth Rollins, who holds the Money in the Bank briefcase, to come down. The entire crowd is going ape shit now because even though he's a heel... You know, I, I think the crowd was like, "Oh my God, they're gonna see you're gonna see something special here." That is always fun in pro wrestling when the crowd starts to get the sense of like, "Holy shit, we are about to see something like special here." And and I think that was one of those moments where here comes Seth Rollins running down with the briefcase and shockingly wins a match that he wasn't even involved in for the WWE Championship and leaves WrestleMania 31 as WWE Champion. Peter Winston is right now on the floor rocking back and forth. He <laughs> really does not like this moment. I, I, I think there was a few people in the Fury household where we watched it that were, I think Tarzan Taylor was also very upset about this moment. He wasn't even in the fucking match. That's <laughs> money in the bank for you. Exactly. It became a triple threat match. He didn't have to pin Brock Lesnar. Right. So that, yeah, I mean, that was shocking. It was definitely a shocking moment. I mean, money in the bank cash-ins are always a big moment in pro wrestling, and it's been since its inception. But, I mean, the biggest stage ever to cash in and win the championship, I mean, I don't think there's any bigger cash-in than that one. No, not that I can recall at least so it was it was a great moment it was an awesome moment again when pro wrestling can shock you and you know especially in this day and age i think it's something that's uh, that's fantastic well good did i redeem myself mike not according to peter winston from greeting some allentown (laughs) but i'll give it to you all right i'll give it to you so we're starting to delve back a little bit okay we're kind of working our way from the most recent to back in the day because i'm going to talk about I'm not quite sure it's a moment, but it's a match that really uh, changed things. It really just turned wrestling on its ear, and it became the go-to match for pro wrestling. It was at WrestleMania 10, Razor Moe versus Shawn Michaels in the ladder match, and that just got every independent wrestling promoter salivating like, I can get by like a 30 or 40 buck ladder at Home Depot and I can have a gimmick match. <laughs> Amazing. Fantastic. I don't have to fucking 
you know, erect a, a fence, a huge steel cage. I can just get a ladder and throw it in there. That became the go-to independent wrestling match, and all based on this tremendous match at WrestleMania 10. I guess if I had to pick one moment from the WrestleMania 10. Shawn Michaels asked being out. Well, that <laughs> and him coming off the ladder and crotching himself was a big one to me. Yeah, I, mean, I always think of like the him coming off with the splash too, just because you've yeah. seen that. It's not like it. It's not like this blow you away moment, but it's just you know, it's just something you've seen a million times. And Razor getting the both belts and falling to the ground. That was something. That was a game changer for wrestling as a whole. The ladder match at WrestleMania 10. Yeah, and I think I think the story about it's fascinating too because if the, the, those guys had to do a number of ladder matches on house shows leading up. Uh, you know, if you've heard stories of that, they had they did them leading up to build up so they knew what the fuck they were doing going into you know WrestleMania 10. Well, Bret Hart had the first ladder match in WWF against Shawn Michaels, I believe, King Pen. Oh, excuse, excuse me. It was Bret Hart's match, and then they stole it from him and gave it to Razor Ramon. Oh, from Stampede Michaels. Wrestling, right? I think so. Yeah. He's the one who brought it into the WWF, but then Sean got all the glory. Okay. Well, let's, let's give Bret Hart a moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's give the hit, let's give the Hitman a moment, and, and well... I guess it's really not his moment because it's Stone Cold's moment to shine. <laughs> Again, it's ripped from Bret Hart. I'm talking about the double heel turn, WrestleMania 13. Yes. Um, and, and the image you, that, that sticks in everybody's mind is bloodied, battered Stone Cold Steve Austin in the sharpshooter just refusing to quit with blood just pouring down his face. A crimson mask, Michael. Yes. Uh, of blood. That was a T-shirt. Blood uh, from a stone. Yes, but um, one of the one of the cooler things that WWE's ever done, even even to this day, the Bret Hart Steve Austin uh, double turn storyline masterpiece, I think, from storytelling standpoint, and it really did take both of those guys and their abilities to to pull it off. But just an unbelievable, really awesome moment that set off an entire era of WWE. Yeah, I mean, the fans were already there, basically. They were already really cheering Steve Austin and not giving Bret Hart his just due. But, yeah, that was the moment where the WWF said, okay, we're with you. Yeah, exactly. So uh, a, a tremendous match. And we forgot to talk about Ken Shamrock and his skin-tight referee outfit. <laughs> yes, yes. I think I might have blocked it out. I'm thinking about wearing that at Astromania. What do you think? <laughs> do you have the guns to pull it off? I have the guts. <laughs> <laughs> you going to show off the package? Might as well. Might as well. <laughs> Please not at the school. <laughs> We'd right. like to go back next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kingpin. There's a couple here that I, I really don't want to take from you because I think I know where you're going because we're <laughs> leading up to our number one yes. favorite How WrestleMania moment. How many more are we going moment. here, Mike? Let's do a few more. We got time here. All right. Let's talk about WrestleMania 7. Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> Are we going to talk about how they had to move WrestleMania 7 indoors because of uh, terrorist threats of sniper attacks on, on Slaughter? Sergeant's Tall Tales. No. <laughs> no, there's no breaking news this week. Oh. Just so you know. How about the, how about here's a WrestleMania moment in Miracle, really. They sold the exact number of tickets that would fill the smaller arena <laughs> when they had to move the venues. It's crazy, right? What a stroke of luck. Go back in the archives and listen to our review of WrestleMania 7 from last year. <laughs> yes, go check that out. Uh, Randy Savage defeated by the Ultimate Warrior in a retirement match. In the audience, 
watching this happen is a woman in a sequined jumpsuit <laughs> with stars on it. Wait, you figure you figure she could get better seat too. <laughs> <laughs> She's like at the concession stand essentially. But she <laughs> freaking nosebleeds. <laughs> yeah. But after the match, Randy, he's retired. He's been retired by the Ultimate Warrior. And Liz makes that 50-yard trek <laughs> from her seat <laughs> to the ring. And there is a loving embrace between these two. You know, the long history between them. That got everyone going, especially that girl. <laughs> the woman in, like, the blue, I think she had a blue top or maybe even a blue dress. Yeah, on. the one with the big hair. Yes, just just can't even containers she looked like mike crockett you know? <laughs> <laughs> she, well, actually, blubbering his eyes out <laughs> to me she kind of looked like the cowardly lion <laughs> all right she with the hair and stuff like that but uh inconsolable would be a way to describe her yes but it was i mean they found many people around the arena who were overcome with emotion <laughs> as liz and randy reunited as uh the macho man was retired here and, and and reliving uh, to an extent uh, a moment that I feel like might be on your list coming up here, but we'll see. We'll see. So that was WrestleMania seven. All right, Mike. So uh, I'll I'll take you back one year. WrestleMania six. Wow, this is your number one. Uh, no, this is not my number one. Okay. No, no, this is would definitely not be my number one. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> I, I forgot. Be my number I one? forgot what happened. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, come on. I, I mean, you want to talk about wrestling, eliciting emotion. You want to talk about crying. At least I was a child, <laughs> though. I wasn't a full-grown man. I was a child. But the Ultimate Warrior shockingly defeating Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania six. I was so freaking upset. Uh, I was devastated. I was crushed. Uh, I knew the Warrior was a fraud. I knew the, who the rightful king of <laughs> WWF was, and just the image of, uh, and it's the image that sticks with me, the image of Hulk Hogan riding back in the cart, just kind of looking up to the heavens and, and not knowing what happened, and but that, that I mean, that match was, was actually a really good match, and everybody shits on both those guys, but that was a really good match, and but that moment when, when the Warrior actually won, uh, really crazy, really unbelievable moment. But uh, yeah, I was I was emotionally disturbed at ten years old, watching this. Okay, news for you, still emotionally disturbed. <laughs> well, that may be true. Uh, no, no, I'm emotionally dead. That's, okay. There's a difference. Uh, so, I mean, the real moment there was the fact that it was the Warriors' time. He's holding up both championships, and all Gorilla could talk about is he's taking the first step to immortality. The Immortal Hulk Hogan. That's when he was named the Immortal Hulk Hogan. It all became about how Hogan was in the aisle saluting the Ultimate Warrior, <laughs> and the whole moment ended up being about Hogan. So that's that's Hulk Hogan for you. What? How is that Hulk Hogan for you? He wasn't commentating. He wasn't producing. He wasn't running the cameras. Well, that's. He's influence. You're, you're one of these other assholes that just have this Hulk Hogan, anti-Hulk Hogan narrative because you think you know something about his time and creative. You heard the words creative control and you and you jizzed in your pants. And now that's that's the narrative of Hulk Hogan from the start of his career on. Uh, well, Brian, he just uh, it's all about him. It should be about him. Guy drew the most money in pro wrestling history. All right, Kingpin, are we ready for the number one favorite? WrestleMania moment for each of us. Sure, if you take mine, I'll kill you. 
and then you better go first. <laughs> All right, you know where I'm going. I think you yes. know where I'm going. I think so. I'm going back three years from what the moment we just talked about. And, and to me, I think it's got to be the greatest moment in WrestleMania history. Uh, the biggest match in the most, still to this day, the most watched pro wrestling match in history was the rematch uh, of this one. All set up by. Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, WrestleMania 3, the Pontiac Silverdome, 93,000 people, Hulk Hogan body slamming Andre the Giant, I, I think is just an image that wrestling fans, again, of our age and, and, and a little, you know, our age grouping up, uh, I mean, that's that's the moment. That's the moment you remember that, you know, the biggest match in pro wrestling history uh, up until that point. So and it's something that still lives on, lives on to this day. And you want to talk about the moment. I mean, that, might, that is that the first WrestleMania moment? Because it's not just the match, because the match was the match. It was, what, eight, nine minutes and... You know, Andre wasn't moving too well at that point. He died and a few weeks later, so yeah, <laughs> you had to ruin this for me. Uh, but but it's it's the body slam that that everybody remembers, uh, I think, the most. And yeah, Hulk Hogan body slamming Andre the Giant. Not only is it my favorite moment, but I think it's the greatest WrestleMania moment in history. I actually didn't think that was what you were going to say. Really? What did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say Rock Hogan. Oh, okay. From WrestleMania eighteen. Well, you rushed me. No, I <laughs> I really, to this day, I, I didn't see it live, and I don't think I've seen the whole match. How did you not see it live? I didn't watch WrestleMania 18 live. I didn't see the show. Like, I don't even... I don't even know what to even say to that. I, c- I couldn't tell you how many times. I watched that match not too long ago. I get chills watching that match. I mean, I've seen the moment, them staring at each other, the Chase Tommaso moment. Where they're looking, you know, at the crowd, looking at each other. It was a big moment because, of course, no one expected they should have, but no one expected Hulk Hogan to be the dominant baby face in the match. Yeah, I mean, and just the the, the wherewithal of the Rock to turn to essentially turn himself heel during the match. But that mo- yeah, the moment is the beginning of it, and yeah, I mean, it's it's it, to me, it's still Andre Andre Hogan because without Andre Hogan. Rock Hogan never never happens, but yeah, another unbelievable moment. I can't believe you didn't see that WrestleMania. And there's a few I think that I didn't really watch live. Jesus, what is wrong with you? Are you even wrestling? Like you started watching when you were like 17. You gave it up for seven years. You've seen more Tony Roy matches than you have WrestleManias apparently. <laughs> Jesus Christ, how are you hosting a wrestling podcast with me? You haven't seen Rock versus Hogan. I God damn it! What's wrong with you? Wow. Okay, let's get to the my. Now I'm just angry. Let's get to my WrestleMania moment. I have a smaller pool. Well, to we know what it, we know what it's not. <laughs> let's talk about WrestleMania 30. You want to talk about shocking moments? The most shocking moment I will say right now in WrestleMania history. Twenty-one and one. The ending of the streak. Brock Lesnar defeats the Undertaker. WrestleMania 30. That is the WrestleMania moment of WrestleMania moments because when it happened, you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> it was the air was sucked out of the arena and every room that was watching WrestleMania across the world. Yeah, I I agree. It was it was eerie almost, and, and using the word eerie in conjunction with something for the Undertaker is is very very apropos. But yeah, it was weird. It was just stunned silence like i I don't think i don't to this day 
I, before or since, I don't think I've ever seen anything in pro wrestling have that type of response. And of course, you got the famous meme out of it with the the guy with the bug eyes. <laughs> yeah. Just like, what? <laughs> Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> and that, w- that was like, genius. People talk about Kevin Dunn, the director, but that was genius what happened after that match. Just them looking for people in the crowd just all these camera shots of shocked people and now then now that has led to every every idiot in the audience doing stunned faces hoping to be the next the <laughs> next, to be the next meme yeah. yeah yeah but absolutely 100% the most shocking wrestlemania moment didn't bring smiles to faces <laughs> no but it was a moment and that, that's totally not where i thought you were going to go either because I'm thinking like the first WrestleMania you watched was WrestleMania 4. I thought you were totally going with like Savage winning the title, Liz up on his shoulder, you know. No, because Hogan stole the thunder again. Holy shit. Here we go with your bullshit narrative again. Yeah. Come and do my posing routine with me. You're the champion. Come do my posing routine. He's trying to get him over. Ugh. <laughs> was it the right move, do you think? The streak to end at that point, WrestleMania 30. Undertaker um, losing to Brock Lesnar. I mean, I think if you look where... I mean, I, I, I'm, I am personally, like, just as a fan, now this isn't like me trying to spout off some expertise. As a fan, I wish the streak never ended. Like, I wish it was something that would have lived in history forever. As a fan, that's kind of my feeling on the streak. But in thinking about, like, the run it set off for Brock Lesnar and how they've made Brock Lesnar the complete focal point of the company since that point, it, it was very fitting. I think they really could have got some mileage out of the fact that Undertaker's getting older. They've kind of done that since, but can he still keep up? Can he still keep up? Can he still win against all these odds, these younger guys? They really could have got some mileage out of that, and that is not something they can go to now. I'm not even sure what's going on with The Undertaker this year. There's all kinds of speculation, but I haven't heard anything of that he's going to be at WrestleMania this year. Me either. I don't work for there, that company, Mike. Oh, you don't, do no, you? No, I'm not plugged in. Sorry. And what's, uh, uh, what's Dave Meltzer saying? I'm sure you know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about The Undertaker at all. Is Dave, is Dave too busy saying Roman Reigns fake cancer? Is that uh, is that what he's too busy to report? Out of on the context, Brian. Out of context. He's really had Let's a hell. Get into he's that. really had a hell of a year this year, huh? He's uh, bashing uh, women's bodies. He's he's saying somebody faked cancer. Good year for Dave Meltzer. Good last 12 months. Anyways, I digress. So speaking of shocks, we kind of shocked each other there with our final picks here in WrestleMania moments. Yeah, crazy, huh? So let us know your favorite WrestleMania moment. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your thoughts on this week's episode, your favorite WrestleMania moments. Let us know. Use the hashtag WPAN, or you can call the voicemail line. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. That is the best way to get your voice on this show. Call that voicemail line. And if you want to talk about other shows... How about Booking the Territory? Brian Malonis a couple weeks ago was part of a special bonus edition of Booking the Territory. You can find that on their feed. Plus, they do two shows a week on Sundays and Thursdays talking about Smokey Mountain Wrestling, talking about Jim Crockett promotions. It is all on the Booking the Territory feed, mikemills.podbean.com. You can find everything Booking the Territory right there. And then there's our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's kind of the northern version of 
of booking the territory with Joe Murata, with Michael Quinn. They are in a new season, and they are ranking the best and worst WrestleManias of all time. Give me your best and worst WrestleMania. Oh, jeez. You're really putting me on the uh, on the spot. If I'd say off the top of my head, best uh, WrestleMania 17. Yep. Uh, worst. Ooh. You know, I got to say, I think WrestleMania 2 kind of sucked. WrestleMania 2? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty far down the list. Again, the, those memories are clearer to me than, than recent ones. I think there's been a lot of forgettable ones in recent years. But I guess off the top of my head, 17 the best, 2 maybe the worst. And 2 is the number one worst at this point, but there's only two ranked oh okay there's only two <laughs> wrestlemanias that are ranked gotcha check out the royal rankings and the royal flush they're doing the top 10 best wrestlemanias the top 10 worst wrestlemanias that is on our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast ovppodcast.com for all things our vantage point and greetings from allentown with pw our neighbor peter winston he reviews one single episode of wrestling television one single guy doing it and he brings in his own quirkiness and odd stories about cats about weddings always the bruins he's basically playing clips from old sporting events all show long but he brings it all back to wrestling in the end. So check out Gritty Smile in Town on the Pro Wrestling Only feed or on his own feed. And the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart, Troy, all the rest there on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Their shows basically every day of the week. So check out rundownwrestling.com. And Kingpin, we talked earlier about getting your t-shirts at brianmalonis.com. Well, a certain person... Picked up a t-shirt, a curtain jerker, WPAN t-shirt at that fine location on the World Wide Web. And we promised we'd talk to him here. We've promised for a number of weeks now. And we are going to finally do it. And actually, we did it earlier. So take a listen to our discussion with the winner of the WPAN t-shirt lottery, Leo Connors. We put out the call. We said, someone, please... Buy a WPAN Curtain Jerker t-shirt. And far and wide, everyone ignored it for the most part until one man stepped up. One man that we know, one man that is a champion of New England independent wrestling. Not literally a champion, but he champions the New England independent wrestling scene. You understand what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I can understand the English language, Mike. All right, thank you. Well, he hosts a show. It's on uh, Cable Access up in Nashville, New Hampshire. I believe it's on a bunch of other stations, so he can give us the particulars in just a second. It is The Ring and All Other Sports, and his name is Leo Connors. Hello, Leo. Hey, what's up, guys? It's really good to have you on the show. Thank you very much for purchasing a Curtain Joker WPAN t-shirt. I've seen you rocking it a couple times on like Facebook Lives, and I think you wore it once on the show, right? Yes, I did. I wore it on Sunday when I had uh, Christian Casanova and Tripalicious two-thirds of Killanova on. That's a big show. so it's... I needed the shirt. Yes, exactly. Get the uh, promotion out there. You really boosted Mike's uh, ego up. He was feeling a little self-conscious because nobody was taking us up on the offer to, uh, to buy the shirt that he, he worked so hard to design. Well, uh, finally, finally it's been done. And we appreciate it, Leo. So is The Ring and All Other Sports your show? Of course, also, I want to mention it's available on YouTube. You have your own YouTube channel, right? Yes, it's just under my name, Leo Connors. So you can find all the shows where he talks to all the different kinds of uh, 
stars of New England Independent Wrestling, promoters of New England Independent Wrestling, guys from the past, trainees even, guys that haven't really even had matches yet in wrestling, uh, big fans of professional wrestling. It's all on the ring and all other sports. And it is available in Nashville. It is available in a number of other outlets. I just Nashville right now, but the other thing that me and Sonny are going to do is going to be on uh, Hudson and Nashua. You and Sonny Goodspeed, a past guest in the wrestling podcast about nothing. Yeah, he's been on about five times, and uh, we we shot a cooking pilot for Nashua and Hudson. A cooking show. Yeah, yeah, we did one episode so far, and on Monday we're going to uh, rewatch it with the Hudson producers and uh, see where it goes. Uh-oh, you have to sit there and watch it with them. They're going to give you notes. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny because they put it on TV in Nashua and then wouldn't give us the link. Oh, really? Yeah, until we reviewed it with them. But I was trying to tell them, but you put it up on TV. Why didn't you just give us the link so we could throw it out there to everybody? Sonny Goodspeed must have done something wrong, right? That's what they're going to say. They're going to kind of reprimand Sonny. I hope they don't. (laughs) (laughs) You know? I don't think so. Yeah, Sonny is like an absolute blast. We had him on the podcast. Well, I had him on the podcast. Brian, you were absent that day. Well, I'm off doing big things, Mike. So, uh, you know, some of us are busy in life. Hold on. I want I want to talk about like my first memory of of meeting Leo. And this probably goes back to like it's got to be 2002, 2003, NEWA, George Carroll's promotion. I believe Leo, you ran the concessions. Am I am I remembering that incorrectly? Incorrectly, it was my merchandise. Oh, okay. It was your merchandise. So it wasn't because I know you've done catering before for oh, yeah. a number of events I, I've been on. So it was your merch. But I, I remember meeting you all the way back at the very beginning of my pro wrestling journey. Yeah, it's, I've known you for a long time. I think, weren't you uh, at one time? Were you Brian Buffet over there? <laughs> I, 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 that, that was me. I was Brian Buffet. <laughs> and and if I'm not mistaken, the first time I saw you uh, attacked um, Billy Kryptonite. Yeah, I had some I had some wars with a uh, crazy uh, Chad Dick himself. <laughs> <laughs> and also the Logans were there. I think they were like um, the freaks in nature. That's yeah, you're exactly right. This yeah. this is bringing back some memories. <laughs> well, it's funny because I found out they were from Lowell, and then I found out that Matt Logan went to school, high school, with my oldest daughter. Actually. I think it was more like elementary and middle school. Yeah, they are the uh, the well the the Mill City Hooligans now. So yes, minus <laughs> Chase. Yes, yes. So Leo, exactly how long have you been kind of around the New England Indies? He's talking about two thousand two. Was that around the time where you started first started going? Uh, it was probably around ninety nine, but I didn't go too often at the beginning. Around two thousand one, two thousand two, I started going to a lot of shows. And how did you get involved kind of, well, I mean, selling your merchandise and stuff like that? Well, I really didn't have, I had some merchandise like magazines and stuff, but once I started doing the catering for uh, RF and Ring of Honor, it was a uh, merchandise for food. Nice even trade. Right. I'd spend like maybe, let's say $275. Rob would give me like $500 worth of merchandise. Okay. So how did you get involved doing stuff with uh, ROH? I actually, I went to their first show. It was wicked psych when I saw Mab versus Alex Arion. Oh, the one in Wakefield? Yeah, in Wakefield. I had, I, I knew what I was doing. I asked Rob Feinstein, no, Feinstein for a picture with him. And uh, he said, yeah. So that Monday came. I already had the idea in my head that I like to cater. And I told him, I said, I know there's not a lot of cash in the indie companies, 
but you got merchandise. I could easily do a, mer- you know, food for merchandise. He jumped all over it. So you did that for how long for ROH? Two years, and then Rob lost the company, and um, the guy you had on this past week was just real rude to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I tried to talk to him, and, and he told me to hit him up at intermission. I went up to him at intermission, and he made me feel like I was bothering him. So I told him to go stick it up his ass, and I walked away. <laughs> there was nothing. I, I wanted to keep doing it, but, you know, Gabe didn't help me at all either because he was still there. Right, right, right. There's a lot of uh, turmoil at the time. I'm sure Carrie was feeling the crunch at that point. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But uh, I ended up catering uh, a few shows up in Philly for the Pro Wrestling Unplugged for Trent and Johnny. Do you remember when Jersey All Pro came down here? Yeah, yeah. I catered both those shows, but I got those through uh, Sean Wiggins, Ref Hanson, the Jersey All Pro ones. Yeah, okay. Him and Homicide, who had, you know, had been at a lot of catering jobs I'd done before, vouched for being a fat Frank, and uh, they brought me in. And getting the merchandise for them was like friggin' pulling teeth. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, right. Go up to them all show. And finally, I'd go to the merchandise, and they're packing it up. Jay Lethal's sister. Both times, she's packing it up. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're not going anywhere. I had to go find them, bring them over there. They had to unpack the stuff. It was, like, ridiculous. So you called the podcast a few weeks back and let us know that you were the ring announcer for Collision Pro, the company that ended up vandalizing the uh, Chaotic Training Center after a Chaotic Wrestling show. Now, do you own, do you have uh, spray paint in your possession? Uh, Nope, nope, wasn't me, don't worry. I, I didn't hang around with them at all. Okay. I just did the shows and that was that. Matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, it was Bob McCarthy that got me involved with that. Oh, okay. Damien Darkside there? Yeah, I don't, I don't talk to him, though, but he, uh, he deleted me as a friend because uh, Derek called him a moron on the show, and Stiff Mike said that he should never, ever step foot in a wrestling ring to wrestle. Then he went on a nice little 15, 20-second thing of praising Bob how good he can talk. And yeah, I, I've seen him in the ring wrestling, and it's, yeah, it's not a, it's not a good thing. And like I said, they said something, but yet I'm the one that at 20 year friendship down the line because what other people said. So was with the ring announcing thing. Was that your first thing actually getting in the ring and doing something in pro wrestling? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was fun. I mean, I remember one time a little, um, little interaction I had. It was Eddie Edwards. Actually, I think I did. I'm sorry, two at the Lowell YMCA. The other one was at Good Times because I remember introducing Eddie Edwards against Azriel, And I said that Azriel had just gotten back from Dragon Gate and Eddie grabbed the microphone from me and was like, me, 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 like with his hands, like I'm talking, making these noises and telling everybody that he just got back from um, the other company that... Pro Wrestling Noah. Yes, Noah, yep. Pro Wrestling Noah. And he was putting down... Azriel is saying he's a flippity wrestler and he sucks. And uh, it was pretty funny. Was that the only time you ever did ring announcing? Yeah, that was it. Just the three shows. So your show, The Ring and All Other Sports, how long have you been doing it now? Over three years. Wow. Yeah. They were like at the beginning, I probably did one and took like six weeks off because I still couldn't get a guest, you know? And I did one. I did. The, I'm sorry. I did one. Then I did the second one alone. And I was like, oh, I can't do this by myself. 
And I bumped into Derek. He said, I couldn't believe he told me the truth that he was living in Nashua and not Florida. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like I said, I wouldn't be doing it still, though, if it really wasn't for Derek. Honestly, I can joke around about things and say stuff. But without him, I wouldn't even have this show anymore. Who has been your favorite guest to have? Well, Brian was one of them. He was near the beginning. Okay, you don't have to butter him up. I mean, no, it's all right because Brian's one of my favorite wrestlers in New England. That's just the truth. That's why he's brought up on the show all the time. But Derek was part of that interview, too. And I'll never forget how excited he was, Brian, that you were coming on. I just will never forget it. He was so excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I had a really good time coming on. And, uh, you know, uh, Mike's just mad because nobody ever asked him to come on any, any pro wrestling shows or podcasts or. You know, he's just very jealous. He's a very jealous type, and uh, don't let him bring uh, bring you down, Leo. Uh, and and how you feel about me? Because I appreciate it. All right, no problem. To answer your question a little more too, though, is um, you know, Mav was really fun and exciting to get on because I know how quirky he is and stuff like that. Tony Roy was a great guest. Tony Roy, yeah, he he was really good. Yeah, and I mean, I I got Sheldon on. That was good. You know. I've gotten a lot. I'm lucky. I've gotten a lot of people on the show. I mean, Slick, Jason Rumble, guys that I've watched for a long time and really like cheered a boot, you know? And you're booked up through like the summer, right? Uh, Yeah, I think I'm booked until August 11th. Well, Leo, people can find all these interviews on your YouTube channel, right? It's just Leo Connors? Yes. All right. Well, that's fantastic. And you are on Nashua, New Hampshire. Cable, if anyone's out there listening in Nashua, you can find it. Do you, do you know? I mean, it plays all the time, right? Yeah, it plays like once a day. Um, it's on channel 96. So, and then, like I said, soon me and Sonny will have, you know, more than one episode of the cooking show, The Dropkick Kitchen. And that'll be on Hudson Access and Nashua. Well, Leo, we really appreciate you, first of all, buying the Curtain Jerker WPAN t shirt. And everyone else out there can buy one at BrianMalonis.com. And we really appreciate what you do for New England Wrestling, uh, getting all the people on the show and uh, talking about what's going on out there in the local scene. Ah, no problem. I love doing it. It's all about showcasing the great talent in New England. Yeah, really. Honestly, Leo, it's, it's, it is greatly appreciated, and I think you're somebody in the, in the New England Wrestling community that is um, very underappreciated. I, I can't thank you enough for what you do and what you've done for the last better part of 20 years i guess yeah pretty much very cool to uh to have a fan and then somebody also involved like yourself that uh really wants to help put the spotlight on uh some real hard-working guys so so keep up the great work and, and thank you so much no problem guys take care of yourself all right thank you to leo we love showcasing people that are doing things in new england for new england independent wrestling and uh, leo's one of those guys brian yeah, Leo's a good dude. We've both known him for a long time. So uh, thanks to him for coming on. Thanks to him for buying the T-shirt. Yes, indeed. And uh, let's talk about this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, you are hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler 
And you got dates? Yeah. This next time I'll be in action, Mike, is Friday night, March the 29th for Chaotic Wrestling in Lowell, Massachusetts. Don't know the card yet, but I'll be there. So buy your tickets at chaoticwrestling.com for full and keep your eyes peeled for full ticket and card information. I'm sure there'll be lots of fallout from this past Friday's Cold Fury event that will uh, take place there. So be on the lookout for details on that event. The very next night, Mike, it's the freaking big one, baby. Whoa. Astromania. Matt Taven's going to be there signing autographs. The Bouncers are going to be there taking on the Logan Brothers. Todd Sopel, the new Liberty States Wrestling Champion. Vern Vicalo, Chase Del Monte, Nico Silver, Scotty Slade, Johnny Vegas, Robo the Punjabi Lion. All the stars are going to be there. Hell, even Mike Crockett's going to be there. Off the top of your head, this is pretty good. Right? Not too bad, huh? Uh, Astromania LSW for uh, for to get your tickets. Ticket starts is $15. $20 to get you on the floor seating, and then just $20 additional if you want to do the meet and greet with Matt Taven. Again, I implore you, if you would like floor seating, go purchase it now because I don't think we're going to have any left come the time we open doors. So uh, head over to AstromaniaLSW.com. Get your tickets uh, to that great event now. I uh, can't believe how close it is. It felt so far away at one point, and yes. now it's right upon us. But the week after that, Mike, uh, I'll be heading to the big city, mm. New York City, baby. Big uh, Apple. Yes. the again, Bright Lights Big City. The opportunity I've waited a lifetime for. Well, first, first we have to get through Festival of Honor on Friday, April the 5th uh, from 10 to 6. I'm sure me and the Beer City Bruiser will be taking part in some sort of uh, event at uh, Festival of Honor. So. Involving alcohol. <laughs> Probably. But uh, lots of fun, lots of autographs, meet and greet opportunities. Festival of Honor. Tickets are available at uh, com, and I believe through Ticketmaster. Get your tickets for Festival of Honor. And then the next day, Mike, uh, again, literally the opportunity or the event I've been waiting my entire life to wrestle at and that's and that's Madison Square Garden G1 Supercard the event itself unbelievable I, I still can't believe it it still doesn't feel real to me uh, it won't feel real until I'm actually doing it I think and then hopefully I don't cry but uh, <laughs> speaking of emotion yeah yeah so I I, I can't freaking wait man G1 Supercard that, and that's Saturday night April the 6th it is sold out uh, you have a ticket. Do, don't, don't scalp it. Or, no, I, I guess I can't now because you're going to be on the show. No, and it's at will call, so you have to just get the ticket and go uh, right yes. in. Okay. You stinking bum. <laughs> uh, so you will have your G1 Supercard moment, I think. I think so, too. Yes. So I, I can't wait. I'm very excited to, to take part in that. But uh, it is going to be available across uh, traditional pay-per-view, uh, Honor Club, lo- lots of ways to watch G1 Supercard. Uh, so it's going to be an unbelievable night, and I just I just can't wait. Uh, the very next week, though, Mike, there is no rest because Ring of Honor is back at it again. This time we're heading to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for an international TV taping uh, in Pittsburgh at Stage 8 which is right in the shadows of Heinz Field, the home of the six-time Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I've been to Pittsburgh a number of times now for, for Ring of Honor. So I'm sorry. I'll, what are you sorry for? It's a great city. Always happy to go back to Pittsburgh. And that's Saturday night, April the 13th. The very next night, I'll be heading to a Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie Williams? Frankie Williams uh, for, for Ring of Honor's live event in Columbus, Ohio. That will be streamed live on Honor Club. 
Uh, and then, uh, you know, so rhwrestling.com for full tickets and card information. Obviously, there'll be, uh, again, lots of fallout from uh, G1 Supercard and, and ROH 17th anniversary. So we'll stop there, Mike. I think we're running long. So, uh, but uh, maybe a couple more debuts coming up in the, in the coming months and uh, working on some things, some new states, lots of Ring of Honor dates. Uh, very excited. Going to cross a lot of new states off the, uh, off the list this year, and especially in the coming months. So very exciting time. Well, if you want to continue to get the kingpin booked all over the place, email get me now while you can. Email Brian Malonis at Comcast.net. He's booking up early and booking up often. Or DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. This promo about nothing, Brian, from the year 1984. And no, it's not the guy who took over the WWF in 84. It's not Hulk Hogan. <laughs> We're instead going to Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee, Mr. Lawler. I beat you to it. (laughs) (laughs) Memphis Wrestling. And this is Dave Brown standing by with the new Fabulous Ones. Originally, there was Stan Lane and Steve Kern. But when they moved on and went to various other territories around the globe, taking up the mantle of the Fabulous Ones was Eddie Gilbert and Tommy Rich. Mike, what have we said about the second incarnation of things on this very program before? Shit. They stink. <laughs> well, listen to this promo, and you tell me if it stinks. Eddie Gilbert, Tommy Rich, the new fabulous one. Don't say where's my pizza. <laughs> this week's promo about nothing. Well, you guys have got the belts right here, the uh, Southern Tag Team titles. You won them in the tournament. I know you're not happy about what happened after that, though. You know, Dave, before we start talking about what happened uh, last week, I just, you know, Eddie and myself, we've been doing a lot of thinking. You know, uh, when Jackie called, you know, and uh, he asked us, you know, we had a chance to come back home and uh, be a part of something that uh, it's one of the biggest things in the country. You know, Jackie Fargo, you know, he's known all over the country. And it was a big thing, you know, to come back and especially to get to be one of Jackie Fargo's fabulous ones. You know, but uh, just like I said last week, I don't know, uh, we won the match, we won the belts, and but when we was laying there, Norvell and uh, Coco or whatever, whatever they want to be called, I don't, you know, that right now I'm talking about something that really, it, it's, it's bothered Eddie and it's bothered me all week. We was laying there, we was both bloody and, uh, and you know, about half out of it, and, and we heard some boos, you know, some people booing out in the crowd, and I mean... You know, I, I've been on both sides of the fence. Literally going to fall asleep. Ain't gonna like you all the time. terrible. But it was more than just a few of the Only two and a half more minutes, you know, And, and oh my Eddie and myself, you know, to win them belts, it was, you know, I've won the world heavyweight title at one time. I held that. And and that was a big thrill. But to come home, Memphis, Tennessee, and and to win the belts, you know, it was the biggest thing that Jeez, ever happened. Can I, imagine like why you I don't said, have it anymore. Just laying there. And after we got back to the back, you know, we sat in the back for a long time and we talked about it. And... Uh, you know, all we could come up with was that a lot of the people thought we were here trying to replace St- uh, Steve Kern and Stanley Lane. Well, that's not what we're here for. That's Eddie Gilbert. I'm Tommy Rich. The name, the fabulous the hundred miles stare from Eddie Gilbert right now. <laughs> and as far as Stan and Steve, you know, they were very good friends. Eddie's and mine both. They're the ones that wanted to go to Minnesota, to New York, and travel all over the country. I mean, I've done it, but I wanted to come home, and I had a chance. And and. What I'm saying is, I don't really know how, what exactly I'm trying to say, but it's like when I was 11 years old, you know, I was 11 years old and my father, he went off, you know, he went off and left my mother and me. 
you know, and, and, and I thought, well, nobody can ever take his place. And my mother, you know, after it was over, sure, she's seen some other men. And, and, and I kind of <laughs> held it against the He's men, you know. I'd go to sleep, and during the night I'd get mad. I'd wake up, and, I, and at first I'd be mad at them men. And, but when I was laying in that ring last week, <laughs> the blood all over me, and I heard them people booing, you know, I kind of thought, you know, I realized it wasn't the men's fault that was coming to see my mother. You know, my father, he's the one that left. He's the one that wanted to leave. And, and so, I mean, it wasn't like they were trying to take his place. What is he's happening? The no, they were trying to, to bang his mom. And, and uh, I don't know if, if, if that's the same thing that, that I mean, it's not. Is, I mean, that's my family's what I'm trying to say there. <laughs> but all these people, you know, we come home. We, all these random dudes hooking up with his mom with his family. All these people out here, too. That's what it's all about. Just like Jackie said. You know, they're the backbone. They're what, they're what makes wrestling happen. And all I want to say is that we're not here to take Stephen Stan's place. We're here as Eddie Gilbert and Tommy Rich, and we're going to do it just like it's supposed to be done, and we ain't going to let Jackie down and one of these dead dumb people out here. Well said, I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well said, <laughs> according to Dave Brown. <laughs> what, what? What? Tommy Rich's mom was a bit of a hussy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to get the connection. He's saying that they think they're coming in to replace the original Fabulous Ones, just like this long line of men we're coming in to replace his you dad. Know, you know what it was? Blah, 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 blah. We got to put over the promoter. This was his idea, and he didn't let them take it with him. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I can't believe you put his mom on blast like that. He's just trying to get laid. Yeah, I mean, he ends up blaming his dad in the end. I thought he was going to blame his mom. Like, so did I. I don't blame the men. She's a pretty good piece of hell. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was just, I mean, he was like talking like, well, you know, all these men's that my mom was saying. Like, all right. <laughs> I don't know if I talk about my mom like that, but. So do you think they were like stretching for time or what, what was going on there? Or, or was it just. I think he was just. They're rambling of rambling. a drug induced <laughs> gentleman. <laughs> that, probably. And this really showcases the difference between Dave Brown and Lance Russell. Dave Brown was basically a mic stand, just held the microphone there and allowed Tommy Rich to go on for three and a half minutes about his mom taking dick. <laughs> Lance <laughs> Russell, <laughs> Lance Russell wouldn't have stood for this. He would have been, oh, come on, Tommy. He would have moved this thing along. Is what I'm saying. Lance Russell uh, was sorely missed in this promo here in Memphis. Maybe he would have been dumbfounded about a pro wrestler talking about his mom having sex with lots of men. Uh, what I'm trying to say is uh, I don't really know what I'm trying to say. That really sums <laughs> up the entire promo. I, I concur. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think even though, despite this, Tommy Rich is a guy that deserved better from Mike Mills. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, Mike, Mike, very disrespectful. To Punked him out in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the locker room, as you talked about on your interview with Mike Mills on Booking the Territory. Yeah, you figure Mike, with his with his respect to, for the history of Southern wrestling, would have appreciated Tommy a little more. Just refused the handshake. Absolutely refused. How do you do that? I don't know. A guy with his credentials. He was a former world champion. You just said it in that promo. <laughs> yes, he was. Well, maybe Mike knew uh, of of Tommy's mom's. Escapades. Maybe he was one of the guys. 
Okay, okay, okay. That's it. We're off the rails. All right, you heard this promo <laughs> button. I think if you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. You can watch Eddie Gilbert just standing there uncomfortably averting his eyes as Tommy Rich. <laughs> and he still was the best part of the promo. <laughs> he was. All right, we're going to be back here next Monday for episode 153 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then, he is the brawler Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mako, and thanks for nothing.